0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Wild, Messy, Infinite Love. As always, I am Eric Snader, and as always, I am super excited to bring you this episode. Um, today, this week, I had a great conversation with a wonderful individual by the name of Kristen Cooper, the owner of the great business Coop's Soups, Um It was such a good conversation. She is a self-proclaimed neighboring pastor, and her whole business is all about building community with those who are right outside of our doors, which you will hear tons about in this upcoming episode. Um, But before we get into that, I just want to invite you to... Follow Kristen on Instagram and on Facebook and on any other social media, which she talks about at the end of the episode. If you follow me on Instagram, I posted um, something with her website and her um, Instagram handle on there as well. But go on over to at Kristen Louise Cooper on Instagram um, and follow her because she is doing some absolutely compelling work. The way you spell her name is C. R-I-S-T-I-N, Louise, L-O-U-I-S-E, Cooper, C-O-O-P-E-R, all lowercase, all one word. Go check it out. She is an amazing individual. I was so very blessed to have her on the podcast um, this week. It's such a great conversation. I can't wait for you to listen to it. Um also, I invite you to follow me on Instagram. If you haven't already, uh, my Instagram handle is at snader 18 Go ahead on over there and give it a follow so that you can stay up to date with what's going on on the podcast slash my life. Um, I had a really silly story the other week where I had to get my mouth shot up with Novocaine um, and got to show it to the world. It was a lot of fun. I couldn't feel my face. It was weird. Um, But I digress. So go and check out Instagram. I do a lot of my posting about the podcast on there. I also have a Facebook page. If you look up Eric Snader, um, you should be able to find it. And then also um, I have a Twitter, even though I don't use it very often. Um, But if you want to follow me on Twitter... um, I post on there sometimes as well. Um, But just so that you can be staying up to date with what's going on in my life, on the podcast, in my writing work, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then also rate and comment the podcast. Um, It really helps me to be able to craft a better podcast experience for you, the listener, which is ultimately what this is all about. But without further ado, Kristen Cooper, the neighboring pastor, let's Talk about it. I'm just going to hit record. Okay, great. just kind of like float into it okay okay. sounds good I think that's the easiest way to enter into some organic discussion so you've got one more class on Tuesday thank
1: god (laughs) and
0: then graduation
1: and then graduation wow that's right yep May 13th
0: so were you, were you doing this full-time, like three years and done, or have you taken a little longer? I've never actually...
1: Um, so I did three years part-time while I worked at a church in Olney, Maryland, and mm-hmm. then I transitioned out of that position in uh, Labor Day weekend of 2018, so just last September, uh, to be a student full-time and okay. just get it done. Get yeah. It over- over. And also just focus on kind of like the like my next steps right. in life I yeah. just wanted to be able to be present to it yeah. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I get that I get yeah
1: that. so four years
0: okay awesome awesome so it's done you're like, yeah you're like...
1: I mean again I have one I have two actually three <laughs> I have a I have a quiz and I have a a Wesley sermon I have to do. Uh, like I have to write a sermon as if I'm Wesley.
0: Is it for the like the United Methodist yeah. class? Yeah. Shelley mm-hmm. was home. Yes. Tell me about and that.
1: And then I have a portfolio uh, for my spirituality and nature directed study.
0: Okay. Is that with Joe Bush?
1: It's not. No. Uh, Beth and Norcross.
0: Okay. Yeah. How was that one?
1: It's good. It's good. She actually told me she would not do it again Mm -hmm. um, just because I think she takes it really seriously, which is great. Uh, I've had other directed studies where it wasn't so much the professor didn't take it seriously but just much more relaxed. I just don't think that that's who she is I think right. she just really wants so she takes the syllabus really seriously and takes the so I think for her like we've had a good time but I know that they don't get paid a lot right. so for her she's like this wasn't worth it for me where part of me is like you know it could be if you just like didn't right. like go <laughs> <get> so hard <laughs> at it <laughs> uh, but I love her I'm, I asked for this directed study I'm a huge fan of her so that's awesome yeah
0: so in your th- Four years at Wesley, what would you say your favorite class was?
1: Wow. Oh, man. So many. Um, Maybe two. Two classes. Uh, so I took um, systematics with Beverly Mitchell. Right. And that was really uh, powerful for me. Um, I think, actually, I took that not this year, but last year. Uh, and it's a fall spring semester class. And, um, you took
0: that class with Jared Lorraine.
1: I did. Yep. 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 He sat several rows in front of me. Um,
0: I'm sure he was not taking comprehensive notes during
1: that class. <laughs> um, yeah, so that class was no
0: offense, Jared, uh, if you actually listened to this.
1: <laughs> uh, so that class was really, like, really transformative for me. I actually think it led a big, big part to like how I think today theologically. I, I would actually give say this. It gave me language to identify what I was already thinking and feeling. So it wasn't so much new theology as much as it was like language that I was like. I found a lot of uh, refreshment in. It
0: was like that affirmation, or like, yeah, that's. Yeah. I've been searching this whole time. Right. And that's what I've been right. looking for. I thought I was alone. <laughs> yeah.
1: I thought I was weird. <laughs> this has been going on for thousands of years. Um. So that class, and then I would also say, um, uh, my goodness, what is it called? The like drama one, where you like perform the scripture. Mm, I'm totally. I also think the name changes every semester. But um, um,
0: oh, oh, oh! I think I know what you're talking about. Liz took that class. Yes, it's like dramatic reading of scripture. Right,
1: right. Yeah. yeah, and you have
0: to like do these like you have to add, like do this dramatic reading of scripture where you incorporate more than just like voice. You right. Incorporate sounds and all that right, kind of stuff.
1: Right, right. I really liked that class.
0: Did you take that one with
1: Liz? I didn't. I took okay. it with JC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: JC is another friend of ours.
1: <laughs> she is. Will, She's a great friend.
0: <laughs> who will hopefully be on this podcast, as will my wife Liz at some point. Yes. But right now we're with Kristen. Um, so you mentioned that systematics really, like, expanded you and gave you language. So what were what were some of those things that were, like, really formational for you um,
1: that,
0: like, you didn't have the language beforehand?
1: Yeah. I think... Um uh one would probably be the spirit uh the holy spirit um really thinking uh, about this idea that god is present um communicating to us in every moment drawing us into relationship with god through the spirit and uh and if the spirit is the spirit of life um and flourishing maybe then when God's drawing me into relationship with God through the spirit, I'm being drawn into a relationship of life or life giving. And then that's not just for me, but then I am to work. My life is to work with the spirit uh, and bringing others life or flourishing. Um, So I think that was one that was like really powerful to me. I have um, my parents, are really into contemplation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I grew up in a home that was really all about like, practicing presence, practicing the art of listening, um, all important stuff. All important stuff. <laughs> and so, um, so I think that language really, again, it wasn't new theology. It was just like, oh yes, this is how this works. The spirit is drawing me into a relationship. I'm, I say yes. And then I'm to work with the spirit. It's not like I'm off the hook. Like I'm one with the spirit. It's like, right. no, and I got to do something. <laughs> um, so I think that was one. I think another one, um, Um, was the kingdom of god so again kind of on this whole being present art of listening the spirit's always present uh this idea that um that heaven on earth uh is a thing like it's actually now but not yet (laughs) the whole yes but not yet um that it's actually now and so when we think about um like healing and restoration and maybe like going forward in such a way that brings reconciliation to a situation and towards, uh, animosity in some area. Um, it's not so much that you're bringing a new thing. You're actually kind of saying like, this already exists actually, like right. peace already exists. We're right. just kind of becoming familiar with it or we're like allowing ourselves to, you know, be one, like, uh, be in communion with it. It's not that we're like striving for this thing or like searching for this thing. It's like, we actually already have the peace or we already have the,
0: it's always, it's to quote the, um, the prodigal son, everything Mm. you're always with me and everything that I have is yours. It's always right.
1: Right. Uh, and then of course it is also to come. So it's that kind of like balance, um, but the to come is not, again, it's not um, almost the, it's to come is almost our own sense of becoming. Right. Not, yeah. not so much like a, again, and, it's like, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't know what your experience with like the mainline, like more conservative tradition. I, I grew up in a more mainline, Same. Not, not necessarily mainline. I grew up Mennonite, but like a more conservative strand yeah. of very similar to like evangelicalism. Um, and a lot of the focus was on restoration later, like going somewhere else, being transformed right. someplace right. else.
1: Right. Um,
0: you know, like exchanging ourselves for like the new upgraded model or whatever.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. And I think when I and I think what I experienced is like when I kind of like deconstructed that way of relating to my faith and relating to God, was I really found this ability to like live life to like enjoy like not to have this sense of like i'm suffering i'm here to suffer i'm here without anything i'm you know i'm constantly and trying i'm like my body wants to sin but i'm like no like this is like i'm thriving i'm alive this is
0: the world is abundant it's yes not lacking right everything's here for you already
1: right Right, right. So I think that that particularly again with the kingdom of God was like it's here and now, and then to, the to come is my own becoming, or humanity's, or creation maybe's so own right. becoming. Very cool. Yeah,
0: I love that. I love that. Mm. I love hearing stories of people who like they're discovering mm. something that's you know it's starting to expand them because that's something that was so formational for me, mm. and I love being able to talk about it myself, but I also love. Getting to listen to other people. Yeah. Um, and that's what this whole podcast is about, is hearing those kinds of stories. Yeah. So, um, not to like jump around, but yeah. I do inevitably jump around. Um, so what were you doing at the church in Olney?
1: So I was being a young adults pastor and a hospitality pastor. Okay. Uh, the hospitality pastor had a, uh, I was called a celebration pastor. We wanted to call myself, um, They, the staff wanted to call me a party pastor.
0: Uh, but, <laughs> I can see it. I can see but
1: it. <laughs> we, some people in the congregation might have been uncomfortable, so we were like, okay, let's, Let's not say that. Um, (laughs) Let's say celebration, Pastor. And then a big part of that was hospitality. Um,
0: For those of you who are listening, (laughs) by the way, and have never met Kristen, she is a, to put it simply, she is a very bubbly personality.
1: (laughs) Yes, party!
0: (laughs) Very, very, very wonderful to be in the presence of because Mm. she exudes joy and excitement Mm. and abundance and Mm. openness and all that kind of stuff Mm. so to say that you're a party pastor (laughs) does not surprise me
1: (laughs) yes so I did that and then I also did young adult ministry so I was um my two jobs made up a a full-time job so I was part-time for each one and then together very cool yeah
0: so While you were working at this church, some of this stuff that you were learning about in seminary Mm. was also starting to work on you or had been in there already from what you came from.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's awesome. Yeah. I love, like I said before, I love hearing those stories, but I'm always struck by the fact that our worldview, our theologies, our Mm. understandings of religion or spirituality or whatever that is, it's not shaped in a vacuum
1: no yeah yeah
0: i think at least for me those were sort of the bonds that i needed to break in order to realize like oh no this is all coming together to form who i am and what i believe Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. because i i think a lot of what i was taught growing up was um you just need to believe it you just Mm -hmm. need to you know like this is what you're handed this is the way things are you're a bad person because you sin and you need Jesus and you know like it, it was very like static and not it was you know, I don't know it, was, it felt like it was in a vacuum like this is something that's over here and mm-hmm. the rest of your life that you're experiencing is something else entirely but they don't mm-hmm. mix mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if that makes any sort of sense at all
1: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah
0: so you mentioned that you came back to school full time I did f- Finish up so that you could start focusing on what the next steps next are. Steps. So you're no longer working at this church and only. No, I'm not. What are you doing then? Tell us.
1: Ah uh, man, um, I am. Uh, I am doing two things, and they really combine one thing. So I am a suit maker now oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i am Welcome so I, I own a soup business and it's called coop soups and the soup is seasonally based um because the ingredients come from a local farm called common root farm in Olney, maryland uh so we're coming up on the summer so what is cooking right now is gazpacho which is a cold tomato soup mm-hmm. um a spinach cilantro soup that has tahini in it and a zucchini arugula soup.
0: That sounds
1: really good. So that's everything that's in season kind of this – well, actually it's – just becoming in season right now. Um, and then by the end of the summer, you'll, like, the soup will uh, will have more, well, different recipes. So, like, carrots become in abundance by the end of the summer. Um, right now, there's kind of, like, a limited amount of red pepper, but by the end of the summer, there's a lot. So we're right. looking at, like, a carrot ginger and a roasted red pepper bisque. That sounds yummy. Um, I, like... I'm so excited about what we're eating right now but I'm also so ready for like butternut squash like I'm not because I like really want to I really am so ready for the summer. I'm from Florida (laughs) so like I'm like get me to the summer this cold weather I'm so over it. But then I'm also like I also want that soup.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So sidebar what's your favorite soup? Ooh. Ooh. Yours personally not necessarily to make but what is your favorite soup?
1: My favorite soup would probably have to be a a tomato bisque. Mm. Wait, hold on. A tomato <laughs> lobster bisque. Ooh. That's my favorite soup. Sounds pretty yummy. But the scoop soups is vegetarian. So the um, if you're gonna buy it, purchase it. It's vegetarian. If I like make it personally, like if somebody comes over to my house or like I take go over take their house, and I know that like they're carnivores, then I'll like add meat. Right. But in terms of um, Selling it. Not only am I trying to like reduce our carbon footprint okay. with being all vegetarian, uh, but also just in terms of like health regulation, meat adds kind of a whole new level. Right. So, um,
0: I was going. To, I was going to ask if there was like a conscious reason. Yeah. For the real.
1: Vegetarian. The real reason is the carbon dioxide footprint. So, um, mm-hmm. that's the real reason. Right. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned. That you are getting these um, ingredients from a local farm as well. Yep.
1: yep are yep. they
0: are they like all on like the organic train? Like
1: so. Yeah. So they're new. They're maybe three years old, uh, and they just. I'm not quite sure how all the like um, formal terminology to become organic is, but uh, they just signed something that said they will be on their farm for seven years, and at the end of those seven years, it'll be. Officially organic Okay But they are organic Now Right Uh, But I know that There's something about I don't Again I don't know All the terminology But something about Like the soil Has to be a certain Thing for a certain Amount of time And
0: But they are Conscious They are Yeah They they are are Consciously organic
1: Right Right Right.
0: And their vegetables And their fruits And all that Right yummy stuff Yeah Yeah With crop rotations And whatever else Yeah Okay Yeah That's so cool And you are Working for them As sort of like a I am
1: Share, I am, there. yeah. So when I was in college, I volunteered at a local farm. And at the end of the day, we would get vegetables. And it would just be whatever they had. Right. Uh, and so I knew that. Like, that was obviously several years ago now. But, like, I was like, I feel like this is kind of a thing. So I just went. Well... I love farmers markets, and we're, there's a lot of them where I live in Montgomery County, and Common Root Farm, the farm uh, that I'm working for, is at almost all of them. So I saw them a lot last summer, Right. and kind of to the point where I think, I don't necessarily know if the um, the couple is Ryan and Erica. I don't really know if they would have been able to say our names last summer, but they would be like, we know you, like you look familiar. yeah. So fast forward, like, I don't know, six, seven, eight months. I went to them and I said, I'm, I'm interested in starting a soup business. I'm interested in, like, reducing my carbon footprint. I would lo- I'm would i all about local and neighboring. I would love to use your vegetables. I would love to work for you in exchange for vegetables right. uh, because I'm on a tight budget. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and do you do this? But the, the caveat is I need specific vegetables. You can't just give me, like, seven onions. Like, right, yeah. I actually need... Um, And it was great. So they uh, got back to me, like, within a couple days, and they were like, we totally remember you. Um, Like, this sounds like a great idea. Let's talk. And so they came over on a super snowy day, maybe in March or April or something. I made them soup. And we just talked about all the logistics, and they said, let's do it. So
0: You won them over with that soup that you made.
1: <laughs> Actually, yeah. It's one of the best. Um, it's a autumn squash soup with wild rice with Old Bay. So it's really different. And coconut milk. It's this really different soup that's like a party in your mouth. Like, it is so good.
0: <laughs> so have you always enjoyed making soup? Mm,
1: good question. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'll say. Um, Absolutely.
0: So Absolutely
1: (laughs) not. I hate it. I'm like, suffering? (laughs) Um, It's an act of becoming. No. um, uh, So my mom makes soup, um, and my mom makes a lot of soup and bread. And so it's super common, (laughs) super, super Uh. common to um, have soup by my mom. If you, like, come over for dinner, it's like, she'll make soup. So anyways, so... That was, like, bottled for me. Um, and then I do like soup, and I like making soup, kind of. But what I love to do is I love to, like, cook in general, and I love to invite people to share a meal with me uh, as a way to connect. Right. So – I didn't not like making soup, but I when I when I connect with people over food, it's usually like baked goods or like an actual like meat potato vegetable meal. Um, so I didn't necessarily imagine I could not have told you like eight months ago that I would be making soup. I had no regular pattern in my life of making right. soup. <laughs>
0: so yeah, but that's I mean that gets at the sort of at the heart of why you're doing this though too right because I mean like you're not just making soup to become the next Chef Boyardee or anything right? no. or like the next Campbell's like so tell us a little bit about
1: yeah so um so I say six to eight months ago I wasn't making soup on any regular basis but um October of last year, so I don't know how many months ago that was now, but October, I, Brandon and I, so I transitioned at, Brandon's my husband, right. Brandon and I, um, once I transitioned out of Oakdale, I was really interested in doing uh, church or gathered Christian community or just gathered faith community um, in, a, in a different way, in kind of an alternative way than I had previously experienced. And so Brandon and I in October just invited a bunch of friends over and we said, like just people we just knew, mm-hmm. all ages. And we were just like, who wants to like come over to our house on Monday nights for soup? Because um, again, it's October and just explore what this looks like. So soup at that point was like easy, like inexpensive, and goes a long way. So that's yeah. what—that's the only thing I was thinking about was like, I'm just making soup this way. And then when people say like, oh, can we bring anything? I'm like, absolutely. So soup's also really easy to add. And as the months went on, this also included like people, my neighbors were coming. Um, as months went on, people were like, Kristen, you should really think about selling this soup. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Um, and then, I don't know, three months later, because October to January, I got I went home to Florida for Christmas and I came back and one of my friends uh, said, uh, kind of like dropped his voice on his way out the door and he was like, okay, but like really, you should <laughs> actually think about selling the soup. And I was like, okay, but here's where I was like, well, am I just selling soup? So the whole thing was, um, <clears throat> I was really passionate about this concept of neighboring and connecting with those right outside our door and uh, I have a lot of thoughts about that but here's what I'll say (laughs) is when my friend said you should really think about selling the soup I was like I don't want to just sell soup to people to buy and just earn like I don't want I don't want it to be like we're just purchasing this and then I get the money and it's like this transactional process I really want the soup to have some sort of like mission or like some sort of like connector behind it like you got to do something with the soup there's purpose right like the soup is a tool basically but then I was like okay well how exactly does that work and it like 24 hours later from my friend saying that my friend was his name's Stanley I joke with him I'm like Stanley, you are literally like the instigator <laughs> of this whole thing.
0: Um, but sometimes that's what we need. We it's need someone true. who just like keeps of yes. us and poking us. It's like, hey, you should yes, do no, but really, you should really think about <laughs> selling the soup.
1: So, 24 hours later, I basically was like, okay, this is the plan, and it I just kind of—I don't know—I have this journal and I was like writing things out, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna sell soup to share with your neighbor so the idea is the customer buys the soup not to take home to eat themselves or to eat with their family but to invite and connect with a neighbor over Um, and part of that is there's a local grocer and only named roots uh, and they take like local um, if you're like a local baker or a local soup maker uh, and so originally I was like okay I could sell my soup there But then I was, like, what are the chances that somebody's going to come at Roots and, like, look at the soup aisle and be, like, oh, let me take this soup off the shelf and be motivated enough to, like, go home and invite a neighbor with. So I was, like, I need a setting where I can, like, talk to them and be, like, no, but really do this. Um,
0: You You need a setting where you can show that you're smoking what you're selling.
1: Yes. So, there's two settings. Um, so, the first setting is we will be selling the soup at the farmer's market at the end of May um, in only Maryland, and that will give us a chance. So, when I say we, the community that meets in my house on Mondays are, like, all on board for this because right. they've been having the soup every single week. They're like, let's do this together. So, on Sundays- yeah, so on Sundays we'll be selling the soup and enthusiastically talking to customers about <laughs> the power in neighboring. Um,
0: and neighboring. For then, those that <laughs> only do not be scared away. I know, no. <laughs> it is wonderful. It
1: is. Um, and then on Monday nights, there is a community soup night with Coop Soups as the main soup course um, at a local brewery. Uh, that you're familiar with actually um, Brookville Beer Farm yeah it's yep. a wonderful
0: place yes. I loved it yes.
1: so, um, so that is kind of to so in that space community soup night anybody and everyone's invited I'll just make a bunch of soup um, and <laughs> then uh, actual farmers market selling the soup
0: that's great That's great. So, you mentioned that you're really into neighboring. Let's unpack that a little bit. I'm sure there's a lot to talk about about it. it. There's (laughs) so
1: much. Um, I think a couple of things. So, man, I've so, there's so many, so many things that are like, connected to
0: why i care about this where did
1: it come from Ooh. um so i read this book okay kind of two areas i read this book called the art of neighboring in the summer of 2017 and yep 2017 and it was all about connecting with those right next door and its kind of purpose in the book was to say uh that the um charged to go out and make disciples how do we go and make disciples we do it uh by answering it with the great commandment to love your neighbor as yourself and so this particular book was really highlighting um just connect with those right next door don't necessarily feel like you've got to like change your lifestyle to like go meet random people right um just walk outside your door so that book was uh I really liked it. I have a lot of thoughts about it. Why I'm like not? Nah, I don't love it, but I uh, love. I connected with it enough.
0: There's a seat. There's a kernel. <laughs> yes. There's something there. There
1: was something about this idea of um, I, okay. To kind of go back to, uh, and you gotta like because I honestly I have so many thoughts. So to kind of go back to like my upbringing in church, I think I went to a Pentecostal church growing up, and it was like. Every week there was pressure to bring a new friend. Yeah, um, and terrifying <laughs> pressure, <laughs> right? And so, and then if you didn't bring a new friend, it was like, well, what do you, like, what are you doing? Like, how, do you not talk to your friends about Jesus? Do you not, do you not, like, try to evangelize at the lunch table when you're like swapping like fruit roll ups for goldfish? Um, so, um, and I remember growing up and thinking that's so stupid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't necessarily have this alternative of like I don't necessarily think I should feel this pressure every week to bring my friends to church. That didn't feel right. It felt stupid. It felt silly. It felt mechanical. But felt I
0: inauthentic, super like.
1: inauthentic. And but I didn't necessarily have this alternative of like how to embody. My faith and invite people into relationship with grace um, or wholeness.
0: I mean, that's such a difficult thing to do when you're when your whole worldview is like, in order to witness your faith, it has to be through like saving people.
1: So much pressure, (laughs) like misguided pressure as well. Oh, goodness. I just think, you know, we say like follow the lead, or in that context, they would say, they would tell me, you know, like follow the lead of the spirit, but like somehow you're actually kind of usurping the spirit in that space. (laughs) So it was really uh, disembodying. So, anyways, I knew that that felt strange and weird, um, but I didn't necessarily have this alternative. So, what the Art of Neighboring book did for me is it kind of helped me think there really is something to, um, uh, embodying my faith with the Great Commandment kind of being um the charge over not over and against the um Great Commission, but just not letting the Great Commission maybe like dominate. Letting right. the Great Commandment actually dominate. Love God, love your neighbor. So Um, so then that just kind of set me on this trajectory of really thinking, okay, if this this bring your friend to church every single week felt mechanical and inauthentic, uh, then what is the alternative? And so what I'm what I'm articulating right now, what's meaningful for me right now, which is really attached to the neighboring thing, is connecting with those right next door without a why. And so. The way that God connects with us without a why to connect with our neighbors without a why. And the whole idea is um, to not feel frenzied when you're sitting across from someone or talking to someone in the parking lot um, as if you're supposed to be somehow magically picking up on where to insert you know, like, the good news and the gospel. Right. <laughs> uh, it's this, like, no, just be present. Um, just re- receive them as you desire for them to receive you um, in the same way that God receives you. Yeah. This, like, without a why. Because
0: um, everyone can pick up on those ulterior motives. Oh, yeah. Like, it's it's very clear when you're interacting with someone and you know they're trying to sell you something or they know, you know that they're trying to, like give you something like you can pick up on it so absolutely quickly.
1: absolutely and I think to kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier is I think um, that whole idea of like kingdom on earth that is already present and that for it to also say and it's still coming is my own sense of becoming I think like in those moments with your neighbor um, that do feel like frenzied and like you're trying to insert particular things into the conversation to like get them to some sort of like awakening. Um I think is um let's say it doesn't happen, I would go home feeling like I failed. Uh and I think um that can also send really negative messages to like who God is and who Jesus is and who the spirit is. Uh when there's also this sense of failure of like oh they're not coming to church on Sunday. Oh, I've got to like I failed like let me go ask for, like, forgive. Like, what are yeah. you asking for forgiveness
0: for? Like, <laughs> let
1: me go ask for forgiveness for, like, not getting them to come to church? Like, I don't... So, so this without... That's the 11th commandment, oh Do you know? It is. It's an unspoken one. Um... Yes, so uh, so that's the that's just one of the things about the neighboring thing I'm really passionate about. Was it kind of came out of this this part this way of relating to people felt inauthentic and mechanical, but there's got to be another way. What I'm what feels meaningful to me right now is the way is without a why.
0: Right, I love that. Yeah, I've never I've never thought about it that way. That's so great. I think I think when I when I think of like how I you know like share this witness of Jesus Christ to put it in like this very Christian language Yeah, yeah. Um, is, you know, like it is just being a presence of love and peace and justice in the world. Mm-hmm. It is just mm-hmm. being, like, it is
1: just being, it's, not, it's <laughs> not
0: like trying to get someone to, you're not winning someone over to your side. You, like, yeah. like you were saying, it's just meeting them as you would want them to meet you just right. as a person. This right. is, person that you're connected with and that's that's what matters that's the stuff that speaks volumes it's not like the doctrine it's not the debates it's not any of that stupid shit
1: yep yep (laughs) yep (laughs) yes
0: that's so great so then coop soups is just another Mm -hmm iteration of trying to be that neighboring presence particularly through food
1: yeah so it really is um and I have to kind of tell myself this uh at various times I think just in the past couple of months like the long to-do list of to like really get coop soups to like become an LLC be health regulated can really feel like I'm a soup maker and that's the thing is like I'm a soup maker and it's all about the soup it's like no no I I really identify as a pastor who makes soup to um, almost like continue this idea of like being without a why, connecting with our neighbors, um, and then this uh, community on Monday nights um, is is perhaps what we could say like where I uh, where I pastor, where I like to call myself kind of a hostess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so again, my first identity would be pastor who makes soup to kind of continue the thread of like what I feel like God is inviting me to share.
0: But I think I think for me, that's one of the most compelling things about what you're doing mm. is you're finding those non-conventional spaces as a way of talking about this stuff that's really important. Talking about how we connect and be in relationship with one another is terribly important. I mean, just look at the world around us, particularly America, where everyone is so divided over everything. Like, how we're in relationship with one another is so vitally important, but in many cases, the traditional spaces of church have failed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because
0: it's just predicated that same mantra of my way is the best way and your way is not so you have to come over to my way of thinking right rather than the not having the why and just being present with the communities around you
1: yeah I mean it has really it has like really released me I think um those in my house on Monday night I think it's really I think I think it's releasing I think it's like it doesn't um, like, wash away theology, but it just says that's not what dominates in this space. Right. Um,
0: it's not about singing the right hymn no. or saying the right prayer no. or like <laughs> doing the right hand washing motion <laughs> or whatever else you might oh have or wherever else you might come from. Like, all that dogma and doctrine right. that can be very helpful and very influential. I've personally gotten a lot of aid from exploring Christian doctrine and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But like that's not the focal point. The right. focal point is the relationship.
1: Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked me, they said, um, with your soup business, like what is the, like you're at like mile, th- mile marker three, like in five years, what do you want to have happened? And At first, I felt a little, like, insecure that I didn't have an answer. I was like, oh, what kind of businesswoman am I? Who cares? And then I was like... No, this is without a why. It's almost—it's more value-based than it is like destination-based. Yeah,
0: like who cares where it will be in five years? No one knows where they'll be in five years. I mean, like that's true. Look back at yourself five years ago, and you'll instantly see like, oh, I'm completely different, and yep. could have never guessed that this would have it's happened. True, because we're shaped by the moment, right? And that carries us into the future but like yeah. cares about a five-year plan yeah no idea if this podcast will still be going in five <laughs> years.
1: how it's gonna go <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh that's so great so what part does food play mm. in relationship and community for you then wow
1: Oh, man. Um, I think a couple of things. I think, for one, we all have to eat. So I just am a fan of, like, you got to eat. I got to eat. Let's eat together. And, And I think... That the simplicity of that says I don't have to go look at my schedule and like reorganize everything I don't have to do something out of the ordinary um, that this is really you gotta eat I gotta eat let's just eat together so in terms of like where I live in my context only Maryland a lot of like busy moms particularly and I just think with something like soup and a meal uh, or just food in general is like when do you? When does this need to happen with you, anyways? So like, let's just coordinate it and like make it happen together. But it doesn't actually take a ton of coordinating because you got to eat, I got to eat, let's just eat together. Right. So I think it's an easy connector in that way. So that's meaningful for me. I think another one, and this is, um, this is something that I, I'm really mindful of, and I don't necessarily feel like I have, I have. I mean, I would love if everyone else is really mindful of it too, but um, I don't that doesn't add any more meaning to it if it, like, if that happens. But I think also for me, food for me is, like, I think also a way to connect with the world in the sense that whatever is on my plate has somehow, like, there are parts, like, the food on my plate is, like, somehow connected to the world. So, like, either, like, if I... Like, picked um, a pepper off of Common Root Farm. That pepper was watered by rain right. that has come from all over the world. Um, uh, you know, meat, um, even something packaged. It's, like, who packaged this? Who put right. it on the shelf? Who drove the truck? Who got it to my house?
0: Not even mentioning, like, the relationship. Like, what was that animal like? Because right. animals have thoughts and feelings emotions Right, yes,
1: like, yes. Um, and so I think um, that is something really, my really something that I'm mindful of is I really think it speaks. I think when, when I become mindful of that, I think I, I'm honestly just like uh, not even humbled. I'm just kind of like in awe. Maybe It's a,
0: it's a sacred space. It's
1: really sacred. Yeah. Um, where I think, um, yeah, where I think food kind of becomes its own sacrament, so to speak, like its own like visible uh, visible thing that just kind of speaks to like the invisible interconnectedness. Right. Um, and when I become mindful of that, it is really meaningful to me. Um, yeah, sacred. Um, I think kind of the third thing, and this is probably the three main things I think about food and how it's meaningful to me, (laughs) um, is I think it also really speaks to diversity. So I think even the soup, um, is like, I think, uh, when I talk to people about soup, kind of depending on where they're from, there's like different soups right. and different ingredients and different family traditions and heritage uh, practices that go into how they make soup. Um, so that's also, I think, something around all food, particular like right now soups on my brain but i think all food is like also kind of this way of like i think highlighting and celebrating um the diversity and i think when you get in front of a meal especially when you're still getting to know someone with people i'm just always like so surprised but not surprised how often we say what are your traditions around this or like what are you doing right. for christmas and it's almost always we start with the meal food related
0: and yeah. you
1: know or like what do you do for this and like how do you celebrate this and like What's your morning routine? And like that somehow includes breakfast practices. And like that says something about you, depending on if you eat breakfast. At all. And if you do, how do you eat it? And, like, how does that, so.
0: Right. And how many stories do we hear of people being asked, like, what's a formative time in your childhood? Or, like, what's yeah. one of your fondest memories? And it's generally, like, mom or dad making my favorite meal right. or something like that. Whatever that might be. Oftentimes tied with culture and heritage right. and family history and all that
1: right. kind of stuff. Right. And I think, I said three, but I'm actually going to say four things. <laughs> um because uh, this is something I thought about several years ago, and um, and I think it's kind of like been absorbed into into now uh but as i recall it (laughs) i feel like it's important um but i also think food speaks to um just like our physical need so again like i gotta eat you gotta eat but i think like um i think it's this reminder of like my humanness Mm -hmm. uh and i think that when we become mindful of that i think again it's this i think it can just slow us down it can remind us that it's not all about us that we're not superheroes we need fuel we need food um and that we uh want good food you know even for those of us who like settle for like junk food i think they still head towards the junk food that they like that that for them is determined you know they say this is good right i like this
0: right yeah it's not (laughs) it's not something to just mindlessly be consumed
1: Right. Yeah, I definitely advocate against that. Again, I'm, I'm so hesitant to, like, project that on someone else. Right. Um, but I definitely advocate for, like, becoming mindful of what you're eating and how you're eating it and who you're eating it with.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Even if the person's not right in front of you, somehow hands were somehow somebody's hands or an animal's hands were contributed to making that food. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It, it gives it a whole lot more weight. Uh, it gives it a whole lot more substance to it beyond just like, oh, I'm really hungry. I want mac and cheese. I'm going to eat mac and cheese. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. 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 I love
0: that. I love that. One of my favorite um, books in the Bible mm-hmm. is the book of Luke, which... I just thought about this, but like it depicts almost like an obese Jesus, like (laughs) like literally like every other chapter, he's sitting down and eating with someone. Like he's just always eating. That is so great. That's great. But like that's that's a vital part for that book that talks about like this universal acceptance of everybody in all of their diversity and all of their wonder and beauty and. Without any of the whys included, but a lot of it centers on Jesus going and eating food with these people who are considered less than. Yes. Or marginalized or oppressed or, you know, yes. whatever else. Like, it's that's a radical, radical statement that says... Everyone's included, yeah. but it centers around food.
1: It does. Yeah, actually, since you brought that up, so for the neighboring, um, for my whole neighboring journey, <laughs> um, so it started with that book. Uh, that kind of talked about the Great Commission and relationship with the Great Commandment. And it, um, then a couple months later, I read Luke 10, verses 1 through 12, where Jesus says to the 72 disciples, he says, go, um, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Don't take a purse, a bag, or shoes. Well, if I leave my house and I don't take shoes, I'm not going to get very far. I'm in my neighborhood. And then Jesus says, don't go from house to house go to one house, knock on the door. If there's a person of peace there, like somebody who's going to let you in, receive you, take them up on that and stay there, eating and drinking whatever is offered. Do not move around from house to house. (laughs) Um, And when you are eating and drinking whatever is offered, say to them, the kingdom of God has come near. And that scripture verse is like, so important to me. It was important to me then and it's important to me now because I really think it highlights this idea of like, I'm in my neighborhood. I'm not going from house to house. That means I'm being present with whoever I'm talking to. I'm eating and drinking whatever is offered. This is not a time to be on a diet mm. and like not receive hospitality or the gift of somebody else's desire to like feed me. Right. Um, and I'm staying there without a Why? Which, for me, is the kingdom of God being present. When Jesus says, tell them the kingdom of God has come near, and I think, how is that possible? I think, oh... God, like Jesus is saying, like go be without a why, and that that's good news, right. and that that's it. Like yeah. that's it.
0: <laughs> that's the juju. Being. That's the good stuff.
1: Um. So that scripture verse is like driving me. Different translations sometimes say don't take an extra pair of shoes, but I think um, the NRSV says don't take shoes. So.
0: And I think one <laughs> NRSV is by far. The best translation <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Obviously, there are a lot of good translations of the Bible. Um, as seminary students at Wesley Theological Seminary, the NRSV is our Bible of choice, ride or die for many. Um, but yeah, and I think you know, like one of the most interesting things about you know, like when we think of what's the most impactful experiences that we have, a lot of it is just that mode of being present in whatever it is like those memories that we think of mm. it's us getting back into being yes. present with whatever that moment mm-hmm. was whether it was a home-cooked meal or this supernatural like mystical experience or like this moment of mm. connection with another human being like it's all about being present in that moment mm-hmm. because if you're thinking about oh what's my next thing on my checklist it's so easy to miss those yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: but when you're present in it that's when it right explodes yeah with life and vibrancy and all that other good stuff
1: yeah yeah
0: so in your time I guess in addition to making soups I guess your time at working with the church as well and perhaps even beyond that what's something that you like what's an insight that you've gained that is and you Mm. may have mentioned it already but like what's one of those insights that you've gained that is like really impactful for you or that you like to share with other people?
1: Um, I think when I started, so when I started neighboring, when I started going outside and I live in an apartment complex and, um, or condo really, so there's a front stoop uh, in front of everyone's condo um and so last fall when i transitioned out of oakdale and i started all i just started instead of sitting inside and doing my reading i sat outside and then i coordinated when i sat outside with when kids were usually getting home from school and moms were getting home from like picking them up or dads were getting home from picking them up and then i just went out and like shook their hand and either said you know we've made you know we've waved at each other but we've never met mm-hmm. um and um, and so when I started doing that and becoming in more uh, becoming more connected with my neighbors and some of those relationships turned into uh, like as the. Um time change and it would get darker sooner. My neighbors would just say, oh, do you just want to come inside and like keep talking? And I'd be like, yeah, that'd be great. That's a person of peace. Um, what would start to happen was I would then start including food into it and say like the next time I would say like, um, oh, I just uh, have... <laughs> this happened. I have avocados that need to be used up. I do like, I could, like, I've got some chips. Do you want to have some chips and guac? I'm dead serious. This was a text message I sent. And my neighbor was like, yeah, I've got some salsa. Let's hang out. And I'm like, okay, great. Um, and so I think once that started to happen, then I felt more confident with the soup and taking soup over. And so I think in terms of like insights is like there's three particular interactions that I think happened where I was either told um, I haven't told anyone that before or uh, I feel like no one listens anymore. Thanks for listening to me. Um, Or I've never felt safe with my neighbors enough to invite them to my child's birthday party, but will you come to my child's birthday party? And I think those three interactions, um, and those are probably three moms that I've gotten pretty close to, um, I think just really shows me that we are wired for connection right. um in the flesh <laughs> <laughs> um and that uh and that this is um, um uh we're wired for it and i think um that this adds something to me feeling if i was to speak for them me feeling safe me feeling wanted Um, me feeling, um, valuable, uh, and I think, again, I think those things are like innate. Mm. Uh, and I think, um, when we're going at a mile a minute and, uh, and when we're not taking our food seriously and when we assume that our neighbors won't like us or that what's the point, um, I think we're missing, uh, this, uh, very real, uh, invitation to be human. Right. Um, and I think that's, uh, some of the insight is I think those three particular comments just really show me, uh, that there's really something to this. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think it helps make life livable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I think, and you might have some more wisdom to share on this since you do a lot of thinking about community and I neighboring um, it strikes me that anyone and everyone is your neighbor yes like, that's good so you mentioned you mentioned mm. that like Jesus sending out of the 72 the very next Story is the story of the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. where Jesus mm-hmm. is basically saying, "Yo, everyone is mm-hmm. your neighbor, even the people who you despise or you think are completely other or heretical. Yep. Even they can be the vessel through which God's love yep. can be seen and known." Um, but that, I mean, like that also encompasses the people that we are familiar with as well. So, like, you know, I, you know, I think about myself. You know, I can be extroverted at times, but there are also times when I'm like introverted and like I don't necessarily feel comfortable going out and, you know, meeting a stranger and, you know, like bearing my soul to a stranger. But even then in those moments when I'm feeling anxious of being around strangers, there's still a whole group of people like my family and my friends and my loved ones who I do know that I can still Mm -hmm. be practicing Mm -hmm. this with as well. Mm -hmm. So like it's it's completely and utterly always around us. Like you said, we're made, we're formed for connection in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And you know like it's always it's always around us, whether it's our loved ones or a stranger or the person next door or um, the person from a different religious background or cultural heritage, it's always, always there yeah. for us to participate in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. So I've got this friend, Jen. Um, who, do, who literally doesn't have any neighbors.
0: <laughs>
1: she always is like, I don't have neighbors. Um, but she has started volunteering at a, um, elementary school and she's becoming good friends with the administration staff. And so I pointed out to her, as I like to point out to other people too, is like, yes, there's this emphasis on your literal neighbors, But what we're really talking about here is connecting with people um, that we like that are right in front of us. And so if the admin staff is like who you see Monday, Wednesday, Friday, like, have you sat down and like shared a muffin with them or soup with them or a cup of tea? Um, But I think it's this it's when I say like. The soup, when I was kind of thrown off with the whole, like, what's the five-year thing, is it's not so much the soup as much as it's the values. This right. value of, like, slowing down, becoming present, being without a why, um really seeing the other person the same way God sees you. Um, and I always say the same way God sees you because something I hear a lot is people are like, well, I don't know what that means. Like, how do I do that? Like, how do I connect with someone without a why? And I'm like, well, just revert, you know, not revert, but like think, think about... Uh, Put
0: yourself in those shoes.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so it's really the values that are really being, the soup is a tool or meals are a tool. And I, of course, advocate meals over, or a cup of tea or something, but I really advocate that over, um, I don't know going to the gym or something like I still think there's value in that too uh, maybe there's a different uh, theological answer with that no I don't know I still think you can go to the, to the gym without a why but um
0: but even then like that that mode of sharing a meal or mm. a cup of coffee a lot of times you'll sit down where you're face to face whereas yeah. if you're going to a gym it's like side by side yeah and even that like simple measure of like Facing someone and being in eye contact with them. Like that's right. that's powerful yeah. as opposed to just running side by side. I'm always uh, – sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. Yeah, go. I'm always struck by – like in my undergrad, I took a psychology class and we were talking about how um, – And this is something that I've had to shed and sort of work through. But, like, we were talking about, like, how different genders um, interact with one another. So, like, they were looking at young girls and young boys, how they interacted with one another. And this is something that we've been conditioned and taught by our parents. But, like, girls would because they were told that they were more emotionally connected or whatever else it might be, they oftentimes interacted by facing each other, whereas young boys would interact by being side to side. And I think that has a lot to say about how a lot of men feel like it's really hard to be emotionally connected or to be able to communicate emotions or feelings or whatever else because we've been ingrained with this like, well, side by side rather than like taking the intentional time to be face to face and actually like, See the mirror of Being in community with someone else
1: Right, yeah, absolutely
0: Sorry, that was a very tangential thought
1: (laughs) No, I think you're right And I think, um, I have a friend that I go to the gym with Every Thursday morning And I love our time together But I think I'm also there to go to the gym Right, And so there is this, there's a why Yeah (laughs) And so, it's not the same (laughs)
0: Because I ate too much soup last night (laughs)
1: Yes (laughs) Yep
0: yeah Yeah. that's so cool um, I'm trying to think if I have any other questions um, if there's one piece of advice you could share mm. with people listening what would that be
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh so much um I would say.
0: I guess I should reframe that. Like, because <laughs> this it can be very challenging or difficult to get outside of yourself. Right. To actually be in relationship with another person. That's a difficult thing to do. Right. So like what what is your advice to like starting the process of sort of getting outside of yourself and putting yourself in the shoes of someone else?
1: Yeah. I think um, I might say a couple things, but I I think one thing would be when reflecting on what difficulty there is with getting outside uh, and connecting with someone, I would say there's value in reflecting what story are you telling yourself um, that is saying that that might not be valuable or worth your time or um, confronting in some way. Uh, I would just say, I think there's a narrative in your head um, that might be culturally conditioned, that might be um, told to you from more than one uh, community in your life growing up or community now uh, that somehow is saying, no, don't. Um, And I just want to say the don't is a lie, uh, but I think there's value in reflecting on what that lie is. I don't just think it's about pushing through. I think it really right. is like, no, we should take the time to really unpack, like, what narrative, what has been told to me, what do I believe, and maybe what do I, like, not actually believe, but somehow
0: never really thought about it. Like actually taking the time to deconstruct it rather than just, right. like, trying to build something over top of it so that it right. can or underneath Right.
1: It. So I think some – so an example would be um, – Like, something like, uh, like, I'm so tired when I get home. And I think, yeah, that's, like, normal, that's okay, there's nothing wrong with being tired. But, like, perhaps, what are you doing in your life that is making you so tired? Um, it's, and again, it's not so much because you have to connect with your neighbors. It's not right. about that, but it's like, again, these, these values of slowing down, being present. Um, so why are you so tied? Ty- like, where are you, where, you know, like what rat race are you on? Perhaps, I don't know. I mean, right. maybe there's a rat race, but, um, but so kind of the, that's part of what I mean when I say the reflection, because I think the uncomfortability uh, can obviously come from more than just tired Um Like, I've heard people say, like, my neighbors are really weird. And I always like to say they probably think you're weird, too. (laughs) Um, So, again, like, unpacking, like, what makes them weird? Why do I think they're weird? Where does that thought come from? Like, is that a valuable thought? Like, because, again, I'm not going to argue with you. If there's really a sense of, like, no, I really can't. I'm not about to say that's impossible and you absolutely can But I just want to say reflect on that. Like, unpack it be present with yourself yes your body yes exactly (laughs) um so probably that and then I will just say something that shocked me and actually began to motivate me the more that it happened because it happened again and again was when I started to meet my neighbors outside in the parking lot um I heard again and again and again I would say you know, like, I've, we've always waved at each other, but we just haven't exchanged names. I'm Kristen, and I just wanted to introduce myself. That's it. That was, how easy is that? That was easy for me. And I literally heard almost every single time, I have thought about introducing myself, and I just haven't done it. Thanks for introducing yourself. Really? Yes! And so, I think that was, like, this, like, Oh! Oh, it's literally like we're all walking around. Right. <laughs> we're all walking around. We're all in the elevator with people. We're all have our headphones on, and we're all and we're all like, hmm, "What would it be like if I introduced myself to that person?" <laughs> but like, I'm not gonna do it. And then somebody does it, and it's like, "Oh yeah, thanks. I thought about doing that, yeah. but I didn't."
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's that same it's that same thing of like someone who. ...reflects any sort of experience that you have and you're like, oh, other people feel this way too, there's comfort and peace and assurance in that.
1: Yes. So that motivated me to be like, okay, like... They thought about it, and they just didn't do it. And I've lived here, like, I also heard this. I'd lived there for four and a half years by the time I started going out. Four and a half. I started going out and meeting my neighbors. And I also heard, oh, did you just move here? There's only 25 homes. Like, (laughs) how do you not? But that just tells you, I think, in my neighborhood, the disconnectedness. um, Or the, like, not paying attention. Right. um, the inability to be attentive in that space um, for various reasons. Again, like we're coming home, there's thoughts on our mind when we pull in. Um, But I, that's also what I heard is like, Oh, did you just move in? And part of me would want to say yes, because I was embarrassed.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but then I just said, no, I said, no, I did not just move in, but I just wanted to introduce myself now. (laughs) I know I've transformed. I read this passage in the book of Luke. (laughs) Do you know Luke? Oh, great. This is my opportunity to get in there.
0: (laughs) no, (laughs) Wow. And I, I mean, like, one of the things that I talk about a lot is, like, being in connection with the rhythm mm. of the planet, rhythm of the cosmos, rhythm of our communities. But how yes. can you be in connection with the rhythm of your communities <sighs> if you're not actually engaging with it right. whatever that community looks like whether that's your church community or your family or your apartment complex or your work or you know whatever it might be if yeah. we're not engaging with that how can we actually accept, expect to be in tune with the rhythms of that community yeah that entity
1: absolutely absolutely
0: this is so cool I love what you're doing oh. uh,
1: I am um, have some soup for you
0: really i do no way (laughs) oh i'm so honored
1: i do um okay so it like always like goes to the top of the top so okay so this is spinach cilantro with tahini and this is um not one of the traditional jars it comes in but i reuse jars um and then here's my homemade business card I usually use a different pen, but I use that one. Um, This does have two cups in it. So if you want to share it with Liz, you can. And then I did also, it's necessary to um, eat it with Parmesan cheese. I am not giving you leftover Parmesan cheese. I took (laughs) Parmesan cheese out. But then I felt like that would be weirder if I brought you a baggie of Parmesan cheese. So here is some soup. I recommend that you eat it with bread.
0: (laughs) Kristen Cooper, everyone. Also, for those who are listening to the podcast, I know. I'll do a separate intro, but this is the first time I'm actually saying your full name on the podcast. I'm oh, goodness. and the end. Kristen <laughs> Cooper. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. You're so
1: welcome.
0: Oh, I'm so excited to try this. Liz is away this weekend.
1: So oh, well, I'll there wait, you go. I'll wait,
0: I'll wait until she gets home oh, okay. so we can have it together. You I'm can sure. freeze it,
1: but you have to take it out of the jar to freeze it. Okay. Glass will explode in your freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might already know this.
0: <laughs> but I'm sure she will love it as well thank you so much You're um, so welcome. real quick before we wrap up is there any way that people can be mm. connecting with you yes. or, doing, or possibly doing this in their own spaces and places as well because obviously not everyone is from only yes. Maryland
1: so a couple things so in terms of like personally connecting coopsoups.com is a website it's under construction but it's public so you can view it now um on Facebook, Coops Soups L L C is the handle. And then um Instagram is Kristen L Cooper. My name is C-R-I-S-T-I-N-L-C-O-O-P-E-R. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh, there is actually, yeah, so that's that. And then um I'll be at, if you're in Montgomery County or just want to drive up to Montgomery County on Sundays, I'll be at the farmer's market with my friends selling some coop soups. And then in terms of doing this in your own community, uh, yeah, contact me. I can get some soup to you. I can send you a recipe. You can make soup. You can also just order some pizza and connect (laughs) with your neighbor or your coworker that you've always wanted to get to know. Your seminary librarian. Because um, uh, again, it's about the value of slowing down, becoming present, and connecting with those right in front of us, knowing that this reflects our most human need and it will be fulfilled. <laughs> and they probably thought about it too. <laughs>
0: incredible incredible so we normally end the podcast are you feeling pretty good about this yeah you feel like complete do you yep. feel like i do i think i said everything <laughs> wonderful well if you ever feel like coming back on you're okay great to come back on and
1: i think it'd be really cool to do like a because this summer we're selling it and i think it'd be really cool to see uh what really transpires yeah um yeah so
0: definitely keep us all posted
1: yeah yeah
0: well we end the podcast by saying peace and love y'all so would you be willing to take us out
1: yeah what do i just say peace and love
0: peace and love y'all that's (laughs)
1: peace and love y'all
0: kristen cooper everyone thank you so much (laughs) you're so welcome this is wonderful